Before I begin the homily, I'd like to welcome two of our seminarians, Dylan Allen and Stephen Melanson. They joined us here today because they kind of had a free Sunday, and I guess they wanted some extra penance to come and listen to me. So thank you guys. This past, I think it was this past maybe week or so, Bishop Robert Barron did what's called an AMA on the, the popular website Reddit. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Reddit, but judging by what he told me, it's, it's basically a, a kind of a, a, an open forum, an opportunity for kind of everybody to talk about everything, about kind of every given different subject. So there's a lot of interesting things on Reddit. There's also a lot of sketchy things on Reddit. So I'm not encouraging you guys to go to Reddit. That's all I'm selling, saying. But he did. And what he did was he did this thing, as I mentioned earlier, called an AMA, which is Ask Me Anything. So here it is, Catholic Bishop sending out a message to basically the, the open web to ask me anything. And he got 15,000 questions. That is the second most number of questions anybody has ever been asked, second only after Bill Gates. 15,000. And what he found, that there was a lot of different questions ranging in different types, but for the, for the sake of his homily, one of the things that he found... One of the most common questions was, if there is a God, why would he let so much evil happen in this world? Why would he let so much darkness go on? Now, these are Reddit Reddit people, so they could type pretty much whatever they want and not face any consequences. So they went into a lot of gory details about different terrible tragedies that have happened, namely with children. And asking the, the good bishop why this stuff was, ha- was happening. And one of the things that he pointed out, Bishop Barron, is that this question has been around since the beginning of time. Ever since man walked the face of the earth. Always wondered, why does tragedy happen? And he points out that this question is especially prevalent in the scriptures. Especially in our first reading with Habakkuk. Habakkuk is one of the lesser known prophets in the scriptures. And what we believe, because we know very little about him, is that he was writing before the Babylonian invasion. We know about Israel. Israel was a kingdom for at least a little while, a large kingdom composed of 12 tribes, if you will, kind of like 12 states. And then whenever David took, David unified those 12 states, once he, he, he died, his son Solomon split it in half And then what you were left with, you were left with the Assyrians who came and invaded the top, the northern kingdom. And then what what we have at Habakkuk is he's relating and lamenting to God all the things that's going on wrong in the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom is kind of like the the Vatican City, if you will, of 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 Israel. It is a very prominent place because in the southern kingdom you have Jerusalem. The temple, the place where God dwells, the place where the most holy of of areas. What we have with Habakkuk is interesting. We have here a man who is looking to the Lord and saying, How long, O Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. I cry out to you, violence, but you do not intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look at misery? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and clamorous discord. What he's doing is he's seeing 
all of the insanity that's going on in the southern kingdom. Give you a little bit more of a history lesson. Habakkuk, there were, there were a lot of kings of the southern kingdom. Most of them were bad. But one of them did come around. His name was Josiah. And Josiah, around, around year, year uh, six, six, I think about 620, Josiah came around and he reigned from, to 609. He did all, instituted all kind of wonderful religious reforms, kind of drove out the idols that were, that kind of, kind of crept into, to the southern kingdom. And one of the cool things that Josiah did was he discovered the book of Deuteronomy. And so, you know, as you can imagine, this was a very popular thing. It was a very beautiful thing. And the, Israel would be, had become faithful. But then what happened? Josiah's son, Joachim, took over once Josiah died. And everything went south. And in the, in the words of 2 Kings 23, 37, Joachim did evil in the sight of God. He did evil in the sight of God. Why? He allowed idolatry to come back into practice, so that, that corrupted the temple, and basically allowed, allowed basically southern, the southern kingdom of Israel to kind of fall into a godless waste, a godless ruin. And that's what Habakkuk, Habakkuk is complaining about. He's looking at his society, and he's saying, what is going on? Lord, we're your chosen people. Lord, we're your kingdom. Why is everything going to pot? What is happening? And you know what God initially responds? It's actually not in our first reading, so I'm going to have to read it to you out of the, out of the Bible. I don't often do this, so bear with me. <laughs> Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. I am doing a work in your days if, if, that you would not believe even if I told you. That's interesting. And what is that work? I lost my spot, sorry. All right. (laughs) What is that work? For behold, I am rousing the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize habitations not their own. Dread and fearsome are they. Their justice and dignity proceed from themselves Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Yet their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an evil, swift to devour. They all come for violence. Terror, all of them, goes before them. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff, and of rulers they make sport. They laugh at every fortress, for they heap up earth and take it. Then they sweep it by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might is their God. Thank you, Lord. That's consoling. I mean, can you imagine? Here you are. Here we have Habakkuk crying out, Lord, help us. And what does he do? I'm raising up a nation to come and whoop y'all. That's essentially what he's saying. Isn't that terrifying? But that's essentially kind of how things work, don't they? I mean, how often do you and I start to see a problem and only see it get worse and worse and worse and worse, no matter how much we pray for God to fix it? And that's exactly what Habakkuk is dealing with. He's seeing a problem, and he's only seeing it kind of grow and become worse and worse and worse. Therein lies the problem of evil. So what's the solution? What do we do in the face of such trials, such terrors, such issues? 
And I think the message is to read a little bit deeper into Habakkuk. What Habakkuk basically acknowledges is that, that these messages, this kind of this evil, this great nation of known as Babylon, Babylon was who he was talking about, I left that part out. Babylon eventually ended up coming and invading the southern kingdom of, of Israel between, we're not really sure about the dates, between 599 and 602 BC. And what the Lord is essentially saying, and what he's essentially outlining, is that that nation was raised up as a punishment due to the infidelity of the southern kingdom. And it wouldn't have happened had the southern kingdom been faithful. And so you look at this and you think, wow, there goes the promised land. There goes the Jewish faith. There goes everything. It all went down the pit. We have no chance. We have no shot. It's all ruined. It's all destroyed. Why? Because the Babylonians didn't just invade the southern kingdom. They also destroyed the temple and captured all of its inhabitants and went and enslaved them up in Babylon. Crazy, right? Seems like a hopeless situation. But because of that, after, after about 70 or so years known as the Babylonian captivity, King Darius, the Persian, invaded and released them and allowed them to return back to their land. And that caused what we now know as the Jewish diaspora. The Jewish diaspora. That is, some of the Jews stayed near Babylon. Some of them went and just passed up Israel altogether and went to Rome. Some went as far down south as Alexandria. And what we had was we had the Jewish faith spread all across the land. And if you look at it briefly, it seemed like that wasn't a good thing. Until you read the second part of Habakkuk. And this is what the Lord also answers. The Lord answers with, this is the destruction I'm about to, I'm about to reap on you guys. But he then says this. Write down the vision clearly upon the tablets, so that one can read it readily. For the vision still has its time, presses on to fulfillment, and will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not be late. The rash one has no integrity, but the just one, because of his faith, shall live. Now what does this mean? I would argue this. I would argue that the vision is Jesus Christ. The vision is coming. And if it delays, wait for it. Wait for Jesus Christ. Wait for the Messiah. Wait for the one that's going to redeem all of you. Do not be rash. What is he referencing? The rash one gives in to the despair of the crisis going on around in the southern kingdom. This day and age, the rash one gives in to this culture, this culture of death that we fostered, this culture of secularism that we fostered, this culture of confusion that we fostered. The rash one gives in to this and thinks this is a good idea. And the rash one abandons their look, their vigil to await Jesus Christ. But what does he say? He encourages us to wait for Christ. And he says in doing so, we will become just. He is the just one because of his faith shall live. What he's essentially saying, and what Bishop Robert Barron is saying as well, is that the problem of evil is incomprehensible if we only take it as a snapshot of evil. But if we actually do include God in the equation, then what we notice is that the problem of evil very often is God using human deceptive, destructive 
free will and spinning it on itself to turn into good. The perfect simple example is the cross. The cross looks like a torture device. The cross looks like a defeat, where in Christianity we see that it's a victory. The Jewish diaspora looked like a defeat. The Jewish diaspora looked like it was all over for the kingdom of God. But in fact, whenever Christ came and commissioned his apostles to go forth and baptize all the nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, do you know where, he, where those disciples went to? They went to Babylon. They went to Rome. They went to Alexandria. Where? To where the Jewish people were. They went to those people that they knew would be able to hear the gospel like that, that would begin to understand exactly what was meant whenever they mentioned the words of Jesus Christ. Whenever they said Messiah. Whenever they said a new Moses, a new law. If it weren't for the Jewish diaspora, the Christian faith would have never spread the way it did. Which means that, that something that God can start about 400 years prior might take, might take that much time to come into fruition. Because remember, the diaspora happened around 600. So my dear friends, we all, what I'm getting at is we all have crises in our lives. We all see things going on that's wrong. We all see issues that are happening. Many issues are happening right within the Catholic Church. And the temptation will always be to despair. The temptation will always be to fall into sadness. But what Habakkuk is reminding us, what the Lord is reminding us, is that we're not called to fall into despair. That God is going to intervene. That God is using this to purify us, to make us holy. But the only way we can take advantage of that is if we have faith. Namely, the faith the size of a mustard seed. Something small, but something significant. And if we can have that faith, we can see the mountains in our lives move at the, at the blink of an eye. By the hand of God. Because that's exactly what he's trying to do with our crises, with our destructions, with our issues. Always guiding us through our faith. Amen.